Welcome back, everyone. My name is Tiffany, and this is a They Didn't Tell You podcast. We are here for episode number 19, the final episode of 2019. They didn't tell you about a new year mood. Now, before I get into the episode, yep, I'm about to go on a mini tangent, a little rant, but bear with me because I'm really just singing your praises. So this is for you. I want to say thank you. Yes, you who is listening, you who may be playing me when you're taking showers, I know who you are. <laughs> thank you. Those of you who would listen to me on your way to work, I know who you are because you tell me thank you. And those who maybe listen to me as you clean, as you take a long drive, I don't know, as you go on, you went Christmas shopping this weekend, you just like, you know what, I'm this line at Marshall's is dumb long. Let me play, let me put something in my ears and just let me hear somebody else talk versus the crying ass kids behind me. No shade. But I appreciate y'all. Like 100%. And I'm all in my bag and in my feelings because the Henny has hit my system officially. (laughs) And it is in my bloodstream. So this is just what is happening right now. It's been an amazing journey since August, since I put out the introductory episode and pressed submit on the first episode and then closed my eyes and and just said a prayer and, and, and slept horribly, horribly. (laughs) that night. I sleep better these days. But thinking about how quickly time has gone by and just the fact that I'm really at, I'm I'm at 19 episodes. My boyfriend was just telling me like, yo, I'm so proud of you. Like you really think of things. You thought of something and watching you do it. Like he told me specifically, like He's on the back end of things. There's a couple of people who are on the back end of things who ask me questions about my podcast and, and how's it going. But my boyfriend really, really knows because he asks, obviously he asks the questions of like, what's going on? How are you feeling? He hears me. He talks to me about when I'm stressing about an episode, when I'm running behind on schedule of when I wanted to post said episode and write the script out for it. And so he knows everything. And so when he hears the episode come out and he listens to it, he's just like, like a proud little father, but he ain't my daddy. Okay. But he's just like a proud, he's just very proud of me. And I know that there's many of you around me who are very proud of me too, who don't necessarily know the back end work of what goes into each episode, but you know, it ain't easy. So thank you so much for tuning in. Thank you for those as well who have purchased a shirt from my website. I also know, you know, retrospect, I look back and I think back on things that white is not a popular shirt color. It's cute and all, but it's not a popular color because it stains easy, whatever, et cetera, et cetera. So those who purchased it, the unpopular color, I appreciate you. And do not worry. Yes, there are black shirts coming in the very near future. I got you covered. I'm one person and I'm making it work and I'm undergoing, well, I'm undergoing, going through, whatever. Y'all get it. I'm making some changes, basically what I'm trying to say for next year that I'm really excited about. And there's going to be new merch coming out next year. I love saying merch. Merch makes me sound so cool. Merchandise, new things, new items, whatever it may be coming out next year that I've been really, I've had in my mind for a long time. And I've decided to design them myself this time around and not lean on someone else because I'm not that I don't want to, but if y'all heard last episode, what was the first lesson I said I learned this decade? Finances. So Sis has to be a bit more strategic with her coins for right now. And I'm going to see where it takes me. So anything you see from this day going forward, coming from my podcast, merchandise, everything, it's me. And so I hope you enjoy it. I hope you find something that you like. I hope that you continue to listen this year 
sis has goals for my listeners this year. I have goals for my followers. I have goals all around. And I'm going to share some of them goals with you because you know what? I can't do this alone. And if y'all know what my goals are, if y'all know what I'm trying to achieve, it takes a village and y'all are my village. And so I need your help to help me get there. So I'm done. I'm done rambling. But y'all real ones. I love y'all. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. (laughs) All right. That's a henny. I'm sorry. Thank you. Now, my friends can absolutely attest to the fact that when they get in my car, my vehicle, my automobile, my means of transportation, that more likely than not, I'm playing R&B music. I don't care where we're going. I don't care if we run into somebody's house real quick. We about to go to a club or lounge. Or I, it, it To me, it don't really matter. I'm, all, I'm almost always playing um, R&B music. And I think it's because I get so tired of hearing rappers complain about women, talk shit about women, call us bitches and hoes. Now, I love a good song with a bitch and a hoe in it. Like, I'm not don't don't I'm not trying to con- contradict myself because you would definitely see me in somebody's club dropping it low and struggling to pick it back up. But if I had to pick a genre of music that I just gravitate towards the most is R&B. I know it has a lot to do with my upbringing. Growing up in a Guyanese American household, my mother is Guyanese. I listen to a lot of reggae music, soca music, dancehall music. But reggae is very slow in nature, so we listened to, I did listen to a lot of reggae music growing up. And R&B was played in my household a lot. So me and Tony Braxton were like close, close, okay? And so I knew that R&B was a safer genre of music in my household. So I really gravitated towards that. The one time I tried to go off and, and go crazy with some Nelly, some Ludacris and all this nonsense, my parents went, went you know, they went in on me. Because <laughs> I at the age I was at, I had no business listening to the songs that that... Um, I was trying to listen to. So I think in my mind, I kind of was like, well, rap's off limits, R&B it is. And it kind of, it really stuck with me to this day. So this episode, I'm talking all about R&B albums that I fell in love with this year and have been on constant rotation for me. Um, Now, if I don't include your faves or an album that you like, you know, just let me know, put me on. I don't know every single artist. And because some of these people that I'm going to talk about today and those who I can't get to today because I'm not trying to make this episode crazy long. Um, Because they've been in constant rotation for me, I do tend to miss out on new music because I like to listen to a song repeatedly to make sure, I first of all, understand what the song's about. Number two, I like to remember the lyrics so I can act the fuck up (laughs) when a song comes on in public. And I don't know, I just like how some of these songs make me feel and some of these albums make me feel, how some of these artists make me feel. I don't feel like I'm being yelled at, shouted at. I don't feel like I'm being accused of cheating on a nigga. I just feel like these this type, this genre of music, even though I know it could get ratchet, it can get real, real nasty um, at times as well, that this is just the, the, the genre that I just gravitate towards the most and I just feel like makes me feel good. So please. Put me on, put me on. And I have a little gift for y'all at the end of this episode as well. And once I reveal what that, that is, I can tell y'all how y'all can put your input in for that as well. And then we can just make this a family effort. The first album slash considered a mixtape is by Kaylani. came out earlier this year, I believe in February. And it's While We Wait. Now, I'll be 100% honest with y'all. I was not Kaylani's biggest fan. I first heard about her via the drama that she, I guess, had with Chris Brown. Y'all know Chris Brown's a troubled man, 
at times. Or at least he likes to think that we all think he's troubled and he's not troubled, but whatever. Um, and I, but I love Chris Brown too. I still love his music. His music is dope. Um, and I was very intrigued by the the incident because it kind of seemed like, what the fuck is going on here? Who is this girl? Why is she? She seemed like she was going through a lot and was struggling. I'm like, so why is she being like picked on like this? And then the whole drama that had with her and, and that ex basketball player, that basketball player she was dating or whatever. It was just a lot. It was a lot. So I was I was curious about Kehlani, and. I did listen to a couple songs from her album, Sweet Sexy Savage, and definitely there were definitely a couple songs that I liked. I still really couldn't get into her like that, and it wasn't until While We While We Wait came out that I, I really, really, honestly, I, I fell in love with her. Not that I went back to Sweet Sexy I was called, yeah, Sweet Sexy Savage and played the whole damn thing over again. I like to listen to what I like, what rings good in my ear. And so while we wait, most of the songs on that mixtape run good to me and, and rang true to my ears. So I was like, yep, I'll hang my hat right here. And I want to say, like, Kehlani has a beautiful voice. It used to take me a little while to like artists with a very, a, a soprano style voice, especially very, very high pitched voices, almost like, um, like Janae. I've always loved Janae since I was a teenager. So I was cool with her voice, but other artists like, um, they have higher pitched tone voices. They never really, they, I, I just didn't like them just for lack of a better words and terms to use. Um, I love me a good alto. All right. And I, Kehlani was, was a little difficult at first for me to get into, but when I, when I kind of lowered my guard, let my guard down with her a little bit, I was like, oh, her voice is like a thousand angels. It's beautiful. And I can tell that when she sings, She's singing from a place of meaning, a place that's very personal to her. And I love an artist that writes their own music and sings their own music because for me, it just, the feeling is just real, real different. Um, and so for this particular album, I think it's so dope that she released it when she was pregnant. And I was reading an article because I was thinking to myself too. So sis was pregnant while she did it. So while we wait. Is like why you wait? Why we wait for your gestation period to be over so you can drop a whole ass album? Because I'll be first one downloading that album, pre-ordering whatever the case may be. Um, and then also thinking like, there's nine songs on this mixtape. Is that for the nine months of pregnancy? I just love symbolism in music, and R and B just be so dope like that. And singers are just very thoughtful in that way. So. I think she's a beast with the pen and listening to this mixtape, I definitely regained, not like I didn't have it already, but I definitely regained an appreciation for singers who write their own music. Sometimes I'll scroll down to the bottom of lyrics in Apple since Apple has this new cute thing they do now. And I, I like to see who wrote the song. And if it's not the artist, sometimes I kind of feel like, okay, well, you you can you bring feeling into this song. So I could see like, it's cool. But when I know that they wrote it, I'm like, I play it back again. I'm like, okay, these are literally your words. I love hearing people's words in the song. So, and I feel like it's kind of missing sometimes. So I want to talk about her album and a few songs that I really fell in love with from her album. One of the first songs that I want to talk about is the first song um, on her album and it's called Footsteps and it's featuring a legend of a musician, an artist, a songwriter himself. Music Soul Child. Everybody. We if y'all don't know who Music Soul Child is, 
I don't want to talk to you no more. You're not, you're too young to be my friend. Or you just too, I don't, I just don't know what she was doing. And the intro of this song is like so soft. And I love the fact that the, the guitar and the beach waves kind of lead the sound of beach waves lead, um, lead the, the start of the song and before they start to sing. And it complements the song so well. I love a good opening number for an album. I think that sets the tone for an album. And I personally feel like if the first song of your album is garbage, I kind of like you, you just might lose me. Um, generally speaking, the song is all about remembering a relationship that has basically faded into nothing. Um, so when she sings this part of the song, it's like, when I walked away, I left footsteps in the mud so you can follow me. This, I feel like this is just like an opportunity for the relationship, the love to be rekindled, but both lovers in this respect was Kaylani and Music Soul Child. They are sort of unable to rectify it due to their own personal issues. And so patience, um, not knowing what they wanted, um, treating in this respect of the song, treating Kaylani um not very well, not acknowledging her hurt. Because as long as music's hurt was fine, as long as he was good, he was feeling great, like nothing else was wrong. Like these are common issues that people have in relationships. And this is where you find relationships relationships being very one-sided. Now, this was not a single from her album. I wish it was because it's definitely an amazing song to be pushed out as a single, but maybe it wasn't very popular to other people or for other folks listening and maybe for the for the label, but definitely a dope song. Uh, next one I want to highlight is Nanya featuring Dom Kennedy. Now, this song is an ode to your exes um, who think that they they still have um, they have access to you or can toss you to the wayside. And then when they want to deal with you, they can try to pick you back up again. They show you minimal love and appreciation. Um, and then when you leave. These type of misogynistic, possessive individuals think they have the right to know about you, where you are, who you fucking with. And then, you know, there's a part where she talks in a song of like, you basically, nutshell, you're just trying to save face because you don't want everyone else to know that you lost a real one. Like you lost a real ass bitch who was down, down for you, down for whatever it is that you were two were trying to build together. And so now you're trying to be like possessive. You're trying to, you're trying to see what's up with me. You're trying to be on my business. So niggas are to put on the show. And that's basically what she's saying. And in Dom Kennedy's verse, he's talking all about like, basically he's aware of the reason why they're no longer together. He's aware that it had everything to do with him. And in this day and age, a lot of men are not aware. A lot of men love to place blame. And when I say a lot of men, I'm just speaking generally about the men that I know, the men in my life, the men that I have interacted with and spoken to, men that I have personally dated, love to place blame elsewhere and not on themselves. So that's why I'm getting like the men, the men that I, I know. And then you can see it online. It's not hard to see how these niggas really be acting, right? And so men always think the grass is green on the other side, don't they? And so none is really just basically telling you it's none of your business. None of your business where I'm going, none of your business where I've been. And if I really wanted you to know what was up with me, my guy, you would have already known. 
And the last song that I really love from this album is called RPG, featuring Black. And now RPG stands for role-playing games. That's what I found online because I was very curious to know what this stood for because not one in one area of this album, I'm sorry, and not one section of the song do they mention RPG at all. And this is my, actually my favorite, my favorite song from the mixtape. And I love when artists assume roles, like how they did, how music and Kaylani did for, how, how they actually, all of them for Kaylani and music and Dom and now Black. I love how you assume a role to tell a story and to paint the picture very vividly for us. And so this song is really all about the insecurities that Kaylani was having in a relationship and wanting more love, more time, and, and the overall feeling of needing to be desired, which can very well damage a relationship. And so in, in the chorus, or when you call it a hook, maybe, she's just like basically saying, like, show me your love, show me your love, like over and over and over again. It's kind of like, damn, when you're hearing the song, you're like, okay, sis, you asking this man for an awful, awful lot. And so it, for me, this just song helps me remember like self-love is the most important love, especially when you're out here trying to seek validation from your partner, you should be seeking it internally. So all in all, these three songs, Footsteps, um, Nanya, RPG, have been in constant rotation. If you look on my most played songs on my playlist, this will one of these three songs got to be in the top 10. I played these, or at least top 20. I played these songs out. And that's why I chose Kehlani as one of the albums I wanted to highlight this episode. All right, next up we have my good sis, Ari Lennox, and her album, Shea Butter Baby. I can say with certainty that this is my number one favorite album of the entire year. And there's been some amazing albums out. Rap, R&B included, this hands down is number one for me. And I would say Meg is number two. (laughs) But I want, like for, for Ari, right? I went to Roots Picnic this summer and literally as me and my friends and my boyfriend were all in line waiting to go in, like Ari Lennox is performing. And I was so sad, so heartbroken that we missed her. And then my best friend being so amazing, she made it so that I could see Ari this year for my birthday. Um, we went to see, went to Lizzo's concert and Ari was the opening act for her. Um, and just know, she sounds just as magical as she does on the album, like live. It was just beautiful watching her stand on that stage, watching her perform. I was just like literally in awe of this black queen. Now, I know she caught a little bit of heat about being upset that her album didn't win any awards at the Soul Train Awards. And, you know, in the words of Erica Badu, like, she's an artist and she's sensitive about her shit. And so I wasn't I wasn't mad at it. I think to be somebody who works really, really, really hard um, at their craft and puts their, their soul into something and expects, fully expects and intends to... To, to get something back, to be rewarded back in some way, shape, or form, I could see and understand, totally understand her her disappointment in it. And some people were like, well, you know, you beat out 
a bunch of people, there's tons of artists and R&B artists who never get recognized, who never get nominated and getting nominated in and of itself is an achievement. Now, I 100% agree with you. I do. I still think that it's okay to be a part of a category, to still beat out 50, 60, whomever, hundreds of other artists who were nominated or recommended for this award, and you be maybe the top five, top six, top seven, and still be disappointed that you didn't get it. So leave my sis alone, okay? Now, the first song I want to highlight here is the very first song on the album. And like Kehlani, Ari really set the tone with this first song. I, I'm kind of disappointed that it wasn't, it's not a single, but I know not every song could be a single and the labels be wanting you to put out songs that's going to be the most popular and whatever the case may be, but it's Chicago Boy. The jazzy, the jazzy instrumental at the beginning really set the tone for like what Ari Lennis is about to tell us about her encounter with this guy she met at CVS in Chicago. It's kind of, not kind of, it is like a very real, a realistic situation where folks can, can kind of like say, you know what? Yeah, I've been, I've been in, in a moment like this where I was out and about chill mode and saw somebody out of the corner of my eye that I was like, hmm, you know, they look like a good time, a fun time or whatever. And so, she, you know, in the song, she was talking about how she was looking a mess and still bagged him like, ladies, how, don't check, you can't sit here and tell me your confidence don't go up a couple of notches when you bag a nigga and you look in a whole entire mess. Like, you really be feeling yourself. And so I think what she's trying to remind us is like, number one, it's okay to be out here looking regular, regular, schmegular. Number two, it's okay to want to enjoy yourself and meet somebody, want to have fun with them, and be like, okay, blue eye, blue ivy hands. When I when I say this, like, relax. We're not trying to catch feelings over here. This is just for fun. I spotted you out of the corner of my eye. You was looking the fuck good, and you know she was in Chicago for the night and she chilling, so she wants to kick it with you and have a good time. But she don't want you trying to catch feelings. She don't want you trying to like link up. And if you, like this is just this ain't that. And so I think that's that song is so much fun. I really, really, really enjoyed that song. The next song from her album that I really enjoy, which also isn't isn't a, um, a single for her, and it was an interesting fact, a little fun fact for y'all. She really had to fight for this next song to be on her album because I, I'm not sure. I don't know if it's J. Cole. I don't know if it was whoever was helping her pick the songs for her final album. They just did not see it for this song. But this song is everything in its new apartment. I was shocked to hear it because New Apartment is everything. It's the literal ultimate expression of freedom. Like the ability to walk into your home and do as you please without judgment is, is like liberating as fuck. Who don't want to walk in a space and, and if you, you know, if you see, if you have the need to do so, take off your damn bra, throw it in the corner and be like, in, in the corner, it will stay. Because I live here. This is my space. And, you know, if anyone takes issue with how I live my life and my home, like, you know exactly where the door door is. And in my case, there's two of them. You can walk out of either one of them. Okay? But this is really, I, I'm going to definitely use this song as a vibe to clean my house for the new year. And even in this song, this is when I knew Ari was my type of chick. Is because she mentioned in, in one of the verses of listening to Selena El Toro Relajo. 
El Toro Relajo. If you know me, you know I love me some Comala Flor. I love me some Selena. And I even love when she talks about like you drinking out of Dollar Tree wine glasses and, and, and sipping on some Andre. Like who cannot, black women per se, who have been in a situation like who, which one of us cannot relate to something similar? Like you may not have Dollar Tree wine glasses, but you ain't have like the top of the line. You had something that was that will suffice, and I and I felt her on it in, on so many levels. The last song I want to highlight for her is my favorite song on the album, and the irony of the fact that I love this song. I'm about to get into it. So the song is called Facetime, and I know every word and every ad lib to this song. I have probably. At one point, played this song maybe 10 times, possibly more in a row. I don't know why I'm whispering that like I'm embarrassed. I'm not embarrassed. I play that song out, and it still hits for me. And the irony about it all is that I do not like to FaceTime at all. Like, even when my best friend and my boyfriend, whenever they FaceTime me, I'm like, oh, I don't feel like holding this phone. Y'all can't just call me like, oh, I don't want to do this. And I, I barely even like talking over the phone sometimes. but. I am not a FaceTime kind of girl, but this song is so funny to me because it's all about, you know, creating that conversation with your boo thing that you missing. And it's a it's basically about missing somebody. Maybe they're at work for a long period of time. Maybe they work a 12-hour shift. Maybe they're in a long-distance relationship like I am with my boyfriend. And FaceTime, I mean, we don't FaceTime like that because here I know I don't really, I don't really do FaceTime like that. <laughs> but and that's the only way you can build a connection. It's like, when I finally see you, I need that energy that you had over FaceTime. I need that right here, right now. Because we, we you talking that, that, that big boy talk, that big girl talk over the phone. I'm going to need to see how much you miss me in person. I tell my boyfriend all the time, you tell me how much you miss me over the phone. I'm going to need to see that energy when I see you in person, sir. And you know... He does. He always loves me up. He always gives me the biggest hugs and the biggest kisses because being apart from somebody that that long and we don't live like super far from one another, but we live far enough where it's like some folks be like, I don't know how y'all do it. Like, I don't know how you make that work. Um, but we do because we communicate very well. And while we may not FaceTime, we definitely talk on the phone um, and that's important. But Sis wants to put it on her boo when he comes home. And that is a whole motherfucking mood. So the last R&B artist I want to talk about, and I'm only going over three because I was like, I'm already seeing how long this episode is going to be. And I'm like, nah, too long. So the third artist I want to talk about is literally me and my boyfriend's fave. It's Lucky Day. It's the album Painted. Now, Black do not crack. Because I was reading an article about Lucky Day and reading about his his very, 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 very humble beginnings. And that man is 34, three, four years old. I looked at him, I had to go like literally to his Instagram to like scroll up and down his pictures like 34 where? 34 where? Like I didn't mean it to you blow on the mic like that, but I could not figure out where 34 was on this man. And when he was talking about basically for, for Lucky Day's 
humble beginnings, what I was talking about is kind of, he, he, he was kind of like in this religious cult um, by way of his parents. And the pastor ended up being like a molester. Yikes. And, and his pastor ended up pleading like, like no contest to it. And the pastor's, you know, deceased and gone. So there's that. But he basically talked about how music couldn't be played in his home. He couldn't watch TV and playing instruments was seen as a sin. Like if you didn't eat all your food, you would get beaten. So it was kind of like, it was definitely a cult. Okay. Definitely real cult vibes. But what I find to be so interesting is that this is this man's, this album here is his first major product at 30 something years old. And having, having not known that I was just like, okay, this is a, a, a dope young man. And then learning that he was in his 30s and, you know, he spent the majority of his life trying to figure shit out, making things work to get to this point. I was like, sis, you really have no excuse. This man had the most crazy, most humbling upbringing in his life and produced the most magical, to me, I think the most magical music that I've heard that I haven't heard in a really long time. Um, musically, instrumental, instrument wise. And he, let me get into why I love this man outside of that. So um, I feel like this album is his way of showing himself and others that we don't have to be limited by the perception and expectation of others. And knowing what I know now about his beginning I hear his music so differently in my ear. And so I hope if you haven't listened to Lucky Day before that um, you do now because this man is everything. So the first song I want to talk about is the first song on his album. I don't know what it is with me in the first song of these albums that I'm talking about this far, but they are all just so good. And for Lucky Day, outside of Ari and Kehlani, his first song was a single, and it's called Roll Some Mo. Roll Some Mo. And I think, again, I think it's amazing that someone who has been kept from music the way he has can produce something just so amazing like what he's done right now. So the first song, this is this is actually the first song that I've ever ha- heard by Lucky Day. It's very musical, if that makes sense. Like you can hear all the different musical instruments and elements in the in the song. And while he doesn't necessarily specify what you know he's rolling, because I mean we can know it's implied, right? And if you watch the music video, you already know what the fuck it is <laughs> that he's rolling. To me, it's just like, okay, what he's trying to get at in the song is number one, breaking away from anything that I once was. I don't have to conform. And number two, he uses the idea of rolling some more uh, as a means to say, we're going to roll up on and and roll some more so that we can rid our minds and rid ourselves of these limitations that we have. Um, But we're also going to hustle. We're also going to work hard because we can't just sit around here and wait for things to come to us. Like you will literally fade away um, and you will fade into the background of things. And that's not what it's about. There was a line in a verse in here where he was talking about, you know, using using half the paycheck to do what you got to do to make it work and to, to fund your dreams. And that's literally 
what all of us out here are trying to do. We're trying to fund these streams. We're trying to, you know, make it work. And for him, and I was reading an article, you know, let's be speak very plainly for him, marijuana, even though it's illegal in New Jersey, y'all better keep that in mind. Um, for him, that was his escape and his ability to free his mind from his anxiety and things he was going through and things he's been through so that he can refocus, recenter himself and get back to what makes him happy, which is making bomb music. So dope first song on the album. Another song that I love is Real Games. It is so funky. Okay. Like I love the vibe and the wah, 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 wah of it all. And this song is really about like, for what I think it is, dating gone wrong. And then let me just say this real quick. I like to look up other people's reviews on songs and, and see other people's thoughts and what they got from it. There's not a lot of reviews on Lucky Day songs. And so I was kind of like, damn, I like to read what someone else had to say. So I can be like, nope, I don't think it's that. I didn't get that from it. Here's what I got from it. And I, I couldn't really do that for Lucky Day like I could for Kaylani and Ari, Ari Lennox. But um, to me, this song is really about dating kind of gone wrong and lucky being more invested in this person than they are in him. And, and the thing, uh, there's a line, there's a couple verses or I believe the hook of the song was like, you know, I saw something real, fuck what you saw, baby. Like in his mind is I saw this relationship and this situation that we're in right now going further or being something more authentic and real than what it seems like you did. Like he was down with you when nobody was around. When nobody was fucking with you, when nobody was thinking about you, he was keeping you dipped down and, you know, keeping you night, keep the, keeping the drip for you, you, you know, having sis looking real fly. And it seems like, you know, maybe she was a bit more of an opportunist. And so, and like to put on for other people and wasn't necessarily reciprocating his love. And he was kind of like, damn, he never really thought that the love would dwindle down to nothing. And that's where, you know, the real games people play. People like to do things that make them feel good in the moment, that things that um, work best for them and are very self-centered in that way. And it's like, fuck everybody else. Now, the last song I want to talk about on this album is my favorite. It seems like all the last songs I'm talking about as well are all my favorite. But I'm really going in line of the songs on the album, like whichever is the first and then my second favorite song. And then like the third one, it's just always up being the favorite. Or which I said the songs that I like, and the last ones always end up being my favorite. For song number three, this is the song that he performed first when me and my boyfriend went to his concert in DC, and it's called Try Your Fire. Now, this one gives me like psychedelic vibes. And I'll have to post some of the concert on my on the Instagram page when this out when this episode comes out. But I feel like the song is a little intimate in nature. Like he has this desire for this woman and he wants her and is like so kind to ask if he can like, you know, put it on her. Like he talks a little like, you know, he gets a little aggressive in the sense of like being very forward, but still making sure he got consent. Cause like, you know, can I <laughs> question mark do these things to you? And, and if it's possible, consent's important in this day and age, in all days and ages. And so in short, you know, he needs Shorty to make the decision. Like the ball is literally in her court and he's waiting for her. And in parts of the song, he's talking about how, you know, I'm right in the corner where you left me. I'm not going nowhere. I just need you 
to see me so we can get this thing popping. All right, so we are at the very end of the episode. I would love your help with this gift that I'm giving you all. It is absolutely positively a brand new playlist. I'm going to call it a new year mood so that it coincides and has the same name as this episode. So it's not too difficult. The link for this will be in my bio. I would love it if you could send me your favorite R&B songs that you like. I don't care if it's more upbeat or it's a bit slower. All R&B songs are welcome, even those that I do not like because it's not about me. Um, at least for this playlist, it's about you all. So I want to hear what you're listening to so that we can share it with our village. Don't forget that the They Didn't Tell You podcast playlist that includes every song that I highly highlight, oh my God, highlight, highlight <laughs> each week is available in my bio as well. Um, that's on Apple Music. I'm probably going to incorporate one for Spotify as well. Please, I am asking that you rate and subscribe to my podcast. And I really would love if you rate me and give me your honest review, whether it's a five star, four star, whatever it may be. And then, you know, throw your feedback in the comment section as well. What else do I want from you all? Oh, buy some merch. I know I said that, you know, the shirt is white, but I'm probably not going to make any more of it. So this may be your only opportunity to buy it. My website is www.theydidn'tellyou.com. Again, new merch is coming in 2020, so please stay tuned for that. Y'all are real ones. Thank you for an amazing, what is this? Four months. Why do I have to count it like that? (laughs) I have to get quiet for a second. It's been an amazing four months, and I'm looking forward to a full year of podcasting And I'm looking forward to hearing what you have to say and what your thoughts are on what's coming up for me next year. So I appreciate y'all. And I guess you will hear from me in the new year. Bye-bye.